Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 182. And today, we're going to be looking at Jesus' wisdom on what causes us not to thrive. It's a parable we're looking at today. It's the parable of the sower. It's a great parable. And if you like nature or you like gardens and, you know, if you just like being outside, this is going to make some sense to you. You'll like this one because he often would use plants to teach a spiritual lesson. And this is one of these parables where he would look around him and he would look at the sower out in the fields, scattering the, the seed. And he'd say, okay, let me tell you a story about this. And then he would apply the parable, the, the, the sower, to our everyday lives. By the way, I should mention, just in case some of you don't know this, that in the old days, when the seed was sown in the fields, it would basically be thrown out by hand. So you'd have, you'd have a basket full of seed, and you would just throw it out into the, into the field. Yeah, a long, slow process, right? Nothing like today. But this is the parable of the sower. And it addresses, uh, I guess, it ad- well, lots of things. But I think what, what, what I want to talk about is the whole reason of why we don't always thrive. Because this does come out in this, in this parable. It addresses things like living life to the fullest and uh, living life to its full capacity. It's about thriving, not just getting by. Uh, God wants more for us than just getting by. Now, Jesus used the term bearing fruit. We don't use that term, but you can, uh, you can see the imagery. You can imagine the imagery. If you think about your life as a fruit tree, let's say a plum tree, and you're a fruit tree, God's desire is that you would be heavy with fruit. You know, when you have a plum tree, an apple tree, a lemon tree, and it's loaded down with fruit, that tree is doing what it was made to do, right? It's healthy, it's strong, the plums are ready, and you know that there's always more fruit than what you would ever need, isn't there? There's always more. In fact, there's too much, right? So, yeah, that's the, that's the imagery that Jesus would say, you know, this is, this is what it, God wants for you. God desires that you would thrive. When life is good, there is an ease to it. You're not weighed down. It's like everything is in sync. Your relationships are life-giving. You have a sense of purpose. And joy is something that you can tap into. Yeah, you're at peace with yourself. And you're at peace with others. As much as is possible. Because I know, you know, in this world you can't be at peace with everyone. But as much as possible, you're at peace with yourself. You're at peace with others. And you know, when we're in that place, I mean, you're freed up, I mean, to be present for others in new ways. Really, when you're at peace with yourself and you're sort of in that flow zone, you actually can be fully present 
to others without it completely depleting you. You're flourishing at your best. Jesus would say, yes, this is God's desire for you. One of his lines, I've come that you might have life. I've come that you might have life abundantly. Now, of course, we don't always live in this flourishing state. And and in this parable of the sort, Jesus tells us why there are times that we fail to thrive. So it's like if you're feeling a bit disconnected, if you're feeling a bit distant, maybe you feel like you're looking on and observing rather than really enjoying this abundant life, if you're feeling a bit blocked, okay, Jesus would say, listen to the parable, because what's true in the world of plants is also true in the world of this of the spirit and in, in our emotional lives. You can learn a lot from your garden. If that plant doesn't have the right soil, if it doesn't have good soil, not a lot is going to happen. And we, when he speaks about soil, he's talking about our inner life, our interior life, or as the scripture uses the word heart. What's going on in our heart? Is our heart open or closed? Is it receptive or not receptive? So good soil would be a receptive stance, a receptive open heart. And he teaches that there are certain things in this life that cause you not to thrive. And in the parable, he basically lists all the things, well, not all the things, some of the things, that cause us not to thrive. And they're not surprising in any way. They're quite straightforward and simple. But I've noticed that just because something is straightforward and simple doesn't necessarily mean it's easy to do, right? Or practice. But he lists in this parable all the things that can trip us up. So... The sower goes out to sow, and the seed lands on all these different types of soil. Some, some is good soil. It's receptive, and the plant grows and thrives and multiplies. And some of the soil is not receptive at all, and the seed withers away and dies. And again, he's talking here about people, the soil of the heart. He's not talking about good people versus bad people. He's talking about how receptive is one, how closed down is one. So the soil of the heart is like the conditions of the inner life. What's going on inside us? What are we thinking about? The thoughts, the hidden parts that no one else can see. Our plans, our hopes, our dreams, our hurts, our disappointments, our sorrow, all these things go into the makeup of the heart. All the stuff we deal with underneath the surface, it's the us that no one sees, the inner life, the interior life, the heart. All the inner dialogues, what we tell ourselves. 
all sorts of stuff can go on inside us that can actually choke the life out of us. And we know this to be true, right? I mean, I'm sure you know people who have such negative inner dialogues, they just keep going further down, right? Because it's so powerful what we're telling ourselves. And, and are we even telling yourself the truth? Well, Jesus teaches here that one of the things that cause us not to thrive, and this is really simple, but uh, surprisingly difficult to do. He says, one of the things that can be quite deadly to our lives is knowing what you should do and not doing it. And this is from Matthew's uh, account, by the way. The text is Matthew. Knowing what you should do and not do it. He says this is something that can cause us to not thrive. And it could be not acting on anything. I mean, you have the sense, for example, that, let me just give you some examples. You might have a sense of a better way to deal with conflict within your family or uh, with your spouse. But for whatever reason, and it's usually well justified and rationalized, you don't act on it. Or, for example, you might have a sense that, you know, I, I think I know how to prioritize my spending or my time. But again, you have a way to rationalize not doing it. Jesus would say, ultimately, this is going to cause you not to thrive. Making a choice away from wisdom will always, always bring you down. Always. A lot of wisdom and insight is lost because it's just ignored. And it's rationalized away, and that's too bad because the end result is the garden or our life won't thrive. Now, we'll carry on living, of course, yeah, we'll live. But we're not gonna we're, we won't thrive. There's not gonna be much joy. Let's let's put it that way. Joy is elusive. If we don't act on what we know to be true, then we miss out. God's best for us. Yeah, it's a fascinating parable because when the sower goes out to sow, um, and God's the sower, it, the, the sower throws out the seed into, I mean, all the soil types. No person's left out. Everyone gets seed. In other words, everyone has an opportunity to act on what they know to be true. The sower throws out seed on all the soil. No soil is left out. It doesn't matter whether you're receptive or not. God treats everyone the same. You could be totally closed down. You could be not interested. You could say, no, I don't want this. It doesn't matter. God's still going to offer wisdom, give you insight. But you don't have to receive it. We don't have to receive anything. So Jesus stresses in this parable that when you have an inclination or know something to be true, he would say, hear the word of the parable, you know? And that word here is understand, understand the word, bring it together, act on 
what you know to be true. If you have an inclination, a sense, uh, could be your conscience, whatever it is, uh, that this is what I should be doing at this point in my life. He's saying, do it, follow that through. That's important. Because if you don't act on it, you will lose it. You'll lose the opportunity. If if God has shown you something, and I always like to think that everything good comes from God, you know, whether it's intuition or wisdom or insight or intelligence, whatever it is, all good things uh, come from God. So for me, it's like if we know, if something has been revealed to us, it's a gift. And Jesus is saying, yeah, it's a gift. Now, if you don't follow through, well, okay, you you can miss the opportunity. And what happens when you miss the opportunity is, is that basically you just stay the same as you are. You just stay. There's no growth. Yeah, so there's always, always a choice whether to move forward or not. If we don't want to move forward, if we don't want to act in it, if we can rationalize things away, which is easy for us to do, then Jesus would say you're missing something good, something freeing, something life-giving. You miss out something that brings a new lightness to the heart. It's like the seed landing and the birds eating the seed, gone. The seed's gone. There's no growth, there's no benefit, rocky, hard soil. Nothing's going to take. I stay the same as I am. If I'm bitter, if I'm angry, if I'm resentful, if I refuse forgiveness, then you get to stay in that state. Yeah, so again, rocky rocky heart or rocky saw, it's not really about bad person versus good person. It's about receptive person versus closed person. Open heart, closed heart. Not so much good or bad. It's about, well, how open to God are you? Or how closed down are you? Do you want to grow or not? Because there are things that can choke out new life, Jesus is saying. There's things in this world that choke out new life. It's like, well, okay, me not listening is one. What else? Well, you'd say trouble and hardship. That can choke out new life. Now, you would think that trouble and hardship might bring, bring us closer to God, but not necessarily. It can. But not necessarily. Sometimes people move closer to God when trouble comes. Sometimes they move away for whatever reason. You know, that can happen too. Jesus would say, yeah, you know, the cares of this world and the worries of this life, if we are concentrating on the cares of this world and the worries of this life, it's going to choke out new life. And another thing he says, the deceitfulness of wealth will choke out life. No amount of money 
can stop you worrying if you're prone to worry. No amount of money will ever be enough. There is a deceitfulness about wealth and putting all your time and energy and thoughts into that. Now, obviously, we need enough to live. Of course we do. He's not talking about that. It's talking about spending way too much time thinking about money or the lack of. Because that would come under the heading, the cares of this world. That would come under the heading of the worries of this life. It's like, well, why would wealth be deceitful? Well, I suppose it could give us a, a false sense of security uh, that, you know, money can't really buy us peace at deeper levels, right? It can do a lot, and it's important, but to make it the sole focus of our life and our thoughts, Jesus would say, oh, yeah, foolishness, foolishness. It will only bring you down. Yeah, only bring you down. We can spend a lot of time thinking about things that problems or problem people or solutions and all it does is weigh us down. Actually, that would be worthwhile pondering what you're thinking about and what the end result is. Because if we are thinking about and pondering something and after half an hour, we're still in the same position as we were, there's a good possibility it's unhelpful thinking. The cares of this world. He's saying, yeah, they, they can choke the life out of you, just like weeds can choke a plant. So he's saying, listen to the parable. Now, when he says listen, he's like, don't just hear the story. Act on it. Act on it. Yeah. It's like, don't succumb to it. Don't succumb to it. Be aware of the, 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 the cares of this world or the deceit of wealth. Be, be aware of not acting on what you know to be true. And then for whatever reason, you don't do it. These are lies. These are lies. And they choke the life out of you. So one of the things that Jesus teaches is that one of the ways out, again, surprisingly simple, but one of the ways out is, of course, he's saying, act on what you know. And, you know, when you talk about a harvest, a spiritual harvest, there's one thing that, that happens very, very quickly to improve our lives. Now, most things in the emotional, spiritual realm, it seems to me, take a long time to bear fruit. But there's one thing that happens very, very quickly within the day. Gratitude never fails to bring a harvest of joy, and it's within the day. In other words, when we become aware of what is going well with our lives, and we are grateful for that, you will immediately, within the day, notice the difference. Immediately, it turns everything around. Now, the, the, the opposite is true also. When we become aware of what's diminishing our lives, 
when we when we look at the weeds, when we look at the cares of this world, you know, when we concentrate on all the weedy things in our life, all the problems, yeah, definitely, it's going to bring us down very, very quickly. But equally true is gratitude. Gratitude has an amazing power to turn a life around within minutes. It's a powerful, powerful spiritual, emotional tool. And again, it works relatively quickly. As soon as you start to become grateful for what you have, it's basically impossible to concentrate on the cares of this world. I mean, you can't do it. We just, we're not made up to do both. <laughs> we can't physically think of two things at the same time. So <laughs> it's, it's a good spiritual practice because we just can't do it. We can't hold two thoughts at the same time. So it's like, okay, well, if this is causing me not to thrive, if concentrating on the cares of this world causes me not to thrive, if not applying the truth that I know is causing me not to thrive, okay, I'm going to pay attention to that. And I'm going to start to look at, be aware of all the good things that God has for me in this moment at this time in my life. Now that's going to bring a harvest of joy. We start to act on our inner wisdom. We start to move ahead and what we what we know is true. We start to put to the side the cares of this world and start to be mindful of what is good and what is a gift. That's going to turn things around very, very quickly. And now again, within the day, it's like there's the prayer, there's the heart cry. Help me to do what I know is true, God. Help me to move ahead on this. Whatever it is that you've shown me, whatever it is that you have revealed to me, give me what I need that I might move ahead and do what is true and good, that I might thrive. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.